Some claim that the age of a true gentleman is far behind us, but here at 284 Media, we definitely disagree. He may appear in different guises today, but the values and ideals that make him a gent still stand. Gentlemen, aspiring gentlemen, partners and friends, I'm Ron Grant, and welcome to The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman, a show poised to help guide modern-day men into 21st century gentlemen. Please don't worry, it doesn't always involve suits and bow ties, but real, raw conversations that translate to grounded, community-minded, well-rounded men. Thank you all for taking this journey with me. Climbing the ladder as a young professional is not always easy, but it's definitely possible. More and more young, energetic leaders are emerging to the top of some of the territory's most sought-after leadership roles, whether it's in the public or private sector. My generation of greatness has shown that if you give us a chance, we are more than capable of leading. Understand, though, that to whom much is given, much is certainly required, and being a leader in any industry today takes grit, fortitude, and dedication. You probably heard the question before, are leaders born or are they made? My last guest of this incredible season knows a thing or two about leading. He is one of the BVI's most admired and sought leaders. He's a father, friend, community stalwart, young professional, and a true 21st century distinguished gentleman. Now, the man also knows his way around some liquor. I guess that's why they call him the liquor boss, the guy himself, the one and only Mr. Kevin Foy. We talk climbing the ladder and the challenges that come with it, being a girl's dad, politics, and the art of serving your community with style, class, and elegance. It's a conversation you don't want to miss. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. You're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman. Mr. Foy, boss, Kev, Foy boy, little boss, welcome to The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman. Oh, thank you for having me, bro. Cheers. I don't know if it is by chance or just the way that life has kind of taken its turn, but your name is absolutely, definitely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, synonymous and one of the more well-known names, not only amongst my generation, uh, your peers and much older persons as well. You are the general manager of Caribbean Sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of the companies in the BVI that has solidified its, its place in beverage sales. Walk me through the journey because I'm sure that getting to the post of general manager was not always easy or it, it, it doesn't, it's not as easy as it looks. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that journey. Walk me through that journey for you in becoming the general manager of Caribbean Sellers. Well, that journey started, believe it or not, I was in, it started at Rotom Wholesale. Okay. And I always give credit and thanks to Rotom Wholesale because without them, then I will never be where I'm at today. So I started my journey there um, as a brand manager, which eventually became the beverage manager, okay. the manager for the entire portfolio. But there was a, the manager at Caribbean Sellers at the time. That always saw me out, always saw what I was doing and stuff like that. And he's the one that always pulled me aside. He said, man, you should join our team. And very recently when he was sat in to talk to me, Kishma, who was working with me at Rotong Wholesale, she had joined their team. That's Kishma Robinson. Kishma Robinson, yes. And he was like, you know, Kishma's over there by us now. You know, I really see a bright future for yourself and what you're doing and stuff like that. So just come over and join the team and let me groom you and get you to where you need to get to. So, you know, eventually we started talking and I talked to her. We started talking, obviously, figures and stuff mm-hmm. like that because at the time I was married. So okay. I can't just up and leave a job like that. That's right. a conversation I need to have with my wife. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, 
the question she's going to be asking was what the figure looking like. Okay. So we spoke and everything, you know, and one of the things that came out of it was obviously I was going to have to take a pay cut. Okay. And he's like, look, you know, we don't have that kind of money where you're getting right now, but eventually we'll get you to where you need to get to. And his, his vision for me was always to be the head of that company. So now having to go home and talk to your wife and say, hey, well, I'm about to take a pay cut and we just had a, a brand new daughter at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have a, we have a brand new daughter. I'm about to take less money and I'm moving jobs. Wow. Thinking about that conversation, how it was going to go, I, I decided I'm just going to take the job and take less money and then tell her that it happened in the sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I went to him, we spoke. I said, look, are you serious about this? Mm-hmm. Can you help me get to this point? And can you teach me the business and stuff mm-hmm. like that? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not from here. And I don't see myself being in the BVI forever. And I really feel that someone local should be running this company, and I see a lot of potential in what you're doing. So I took the leap. I went to Caribbean Sales and I started as the sales manager. And I just worked my way up. For me, it was like every like nine to 10 months, okay. I was getting a new promotion. Okay. So I went from the sales manager to the sales and marketing manager. And then I eventually became the commercial manager. When he left, obviously the job opened up for me to take a, a, a risk and step and jump in that position. And the post was open, but at the same time, I knew in my head I wasn't ready okay. for the post. I had the sales aspect of the job. I could sell, I could market. I knew that part of the job. One of the, the aspects of the job I didn't understand was the commercial aspect. Okay. So I didn't know how containers were order, how to manage inventory. I didn't know any of that stuff. So my boss, so my head boss that's over the group of companies was like, look, you know, take two years, get yourself together, learn this aspect of the business. And then within two years time, you will become the general manager of this company. At, this, at one point, it sounds really good. At the same time, you're like, okay, is this guy really BSing me? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, is, is he really telling me the truth? Because the guy that was getting the post ahead of me, he was very qualified as well. And I knew he could actually stay in that post for a very long time. And that guy was a Robert Knock. Okay. So I became the commercial manager. I did my two years as commercial manager. I learned that aspect of the business. And I would say, you know, Rob was very, very instrumental in making sure I got to where I got to still, even though he knew, you know, and for anybody, I, I think that takes a, 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 a lot of respect on his part and a, a lot of humility. And he was very humble with the whole situation because he had that post and he, and rightfully so, he could have continued staying in that post because Caribbean sellers, was, we were still growing, but we developed such a partnership between the two of us that, you know, he would attack one area, I would attack one area. And together we just had this massive team, just engine, just going. And despite all of that, knowing that I was coming, mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense to replace him, he, still he, he, he never one day, you know, turned his back on me like, nah, nah. he always brought me like, Kev, okay. This is what I'm doing. Learn this, learn that. And so took my, did my two years and then eventually they came back and they're like, hey, you know, are you ready? And I was like, oh crap, they really were mm-hmm. serious. And I said, yeah, you know, I, I get that. I have this aspect of the business now down pack. So I think I'm ready to take that step. And you said something very interesting that I, I find fascinating. At the point when it was initially offered, the position was initially offered, you said you didn't think you were ready. You, nah. you, you did not have an understanding of 
a certain part, the commercial aspect of the business. Speak to that a little bit and, 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 and share it so that young men watching could understand the importance of not only taking an opportunity when it comes, but secondly, like yourself, understanding the level of readiness, whether it is in management, any kind of career, knowing when the time is right. Yeah, because I mean, as, as an individual, one, I was ready for obviously a salary increase. Yes, yes. And two, I mean, just to have the, the title, yeah, I was ready for that. But at the same time, I didn't want to go in one as a young black local who didn't know his post and fail. And then obviously I just threw opportunity out for anyone coming behind the wall. So I had to look within myself and say, hey, do you take this job? No. Do you really go after this job? No and take it and fail because you don't know this aspect of the business and screw it up for everyone that's coming behind the Powerful. view? Or do you humble yourself? take the two years, learn the business. And then when it's your time, just jump in and step in and just manage your well-oiled machine. Amazing. I, I, I don't think many that's persons what would do that. So I commend you on, on that level of fortitude and understanding. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it still got you to where you initially wanted to be. Definitely. Sure did. Let's talk a little bit about some challenges that you face on a daily basis as it pertains to being the liquor boss, what are some challenges that have come up over the years or, you know, just on a daily basis in, in perhaps not allowing you or putting a hurdle as it pertains to executing? I, I would say the, the biggest challenge in the beginning was, you know, you, you, you come through the system with your peers and, you know, you get to that post, whereas in forever, it's, it's someone they bring in. So you are, they automatically come in with this authority, mm -hmm. you know, unlike someone that rose through the ranks who's, oh, that's my friend, you know, and you get to the top and it's like, oh, it's still Kevin. And the hard part was separating the business and the friendship wow. part of it, especially with your colleagues. And I would say, you know, in the beginning, it was very tough because I was, I was more of a friend than an actual boss to the majority of my staff. Is it possible to be both? It is possible to be both, but you have to have that balance. And I didn't have that balance. Okay. I was just friend. And one of the managers, Sarika Thomas, she's who pulled me aside. And she's, she's the one manager that's always around blunt with me. Okay. And she said, hey, look, what is your legacy going to be? She said, you need to really sit down and think about what is your legacy going to be as general manager of this company. Mm. Are you going to be everybody's friend? Are you going to get stuff done? Like what? Think, really think about what you want to do. Had yeah. you even thought about legacy until she brought it up? No. Okay. Not even the slightest bit. And I'm not even like, even when I took over, yeah, it was two years, but everything was happening. So, so I, I never really took a step to just step back and mm -hmm. analyze and take everything in that was, that was happening. But she pulled me in her office one day and she hammered into me. And I left that office that day with a new, a new challenge, started resetting goals for myself on what I wanted to happen and different stuff like that. Amazing. So nice. I had to separate that and get that balance. When it, like when it comes to holding a leadership position, you talked about the challenges of, of, of being on a level with someone and then growing and, and, you know, in your case, in the, in the beginning, you know, treating everyone as a friend. Is it safe to see that across the board as a professional persons of all age brackets, whether it's your peers or whether they're older or younger than you, are generally okay. They're fine. They're happy when you are just 
whoever you are. Mm-hmm. But let's take it into perspective a minute. The minute you are to be elevated, the minute you are to be able to climb the ladder in your case, did you see somewhat of a change or a struggle in the fact that you were no longer just Kevin, but you were now the boss? Yeah. I mean, you start acquiring, as I say, new friends hmm. that you never had before. And that's the next thing that I had to deal with because I have this habit about me where I, I think I could please the wall and I could please everybody. And okay. You know, I wanted to make sure everybody was happy. So if I heard, oh, Ron didn't like me, like, I will go out in my way, like, Ron, why didn't you like me? And I'm like, I, tr- I would try to wow. like, fix everything. Okay. And, you know, I had to get to a point where it's just like, look, you know, I'm going to be me. I'm going to focus on Kevin Foy and everything that's going around Kevin Foy. And I can't please everyone. And I think that was the hardest thing to learn that you, you, you can't make everybody happy. As a lot of my employees are, would say, other managers just call me like, Kevin, you just say yes, man. You guys say yes to everything. Wow. And, you know, and they were right. You know, I would, because I would just, I want everybody to be good. So I was like, you want to, so yeah, we, you could do that. And not even think about the, the repercussions and, and stuff like that. So all of that, I had to learn. That's extremely honest. I appreciate yeah, I that. I had to learn all of that. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, we are here with the liquor boss himself, getting some uh, solid nuggets as it pertains to leadership and the management and climbing the ladder. When we come back, we're going to touch on some stuff that he talked about earlier as it pertains to being a girl's dad, being married at the time. We're going to get into some very uh, technical topics of managing just the overall idea of being at the helm of a company. You're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman, all this and more when we return. Viewers, welcome back. You're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman. Kevin, before we we went to the break earlier on in the interview. You mentioned about breaking to your wife at the time about the whole next position and the pay cut and switching jobs. You're no longer married. I want to, mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit without getting into too much details about not only, I guess persons would, would call it looking for love, but I, I would see it more as finding a partner, a life partner. What are some of the challenges that young men should be aware of as it pertains to being in a leadership position and then finding someone to accompany them on that journey? I would say you have to find that balance. And the reason I said, I especially, let's say someone in my position or whatever the case, you, 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 you want to find a, a partner that's as driven as you are in a sense where on the days where I'm just like, I want to be lazy and tired and I don't want to do anything. That person is there to motivate you and put, and obviously you, you, you would love that person to have their own thing in their career where you can do the same thing to replicate and push them and guide them to do what they love to do as well. And obviously communication is, is, is key. And, you know, I learned a lot in my marriage. I mean, we were, we're like really good friends now and we get along and stuff like that. And a lot of that was growing pains for the, for the both of us. Well, you know, we're two young people that jumped into to, to a marriage and had a kid or daughter right at the beginning of our marriage. And there was a lot going on at that time for two young people that really didn't have their, in a sense, their life personally together. Right. So it's kind of hard to have a marriage when we individually didn't even have our individual lives together. And it was, it was a mutual decision made between the both of us because we looked out for the betterment of our, our, our daughter. And that, ha- that decision has turned out to be one of the, the best decisions we both right. have made. So I would just say, you know, just get somebody that's driven, like-minded, and just always make sure 
the communication is there. Thank you. Has it been difficult? Has it been difficult in that process? You find sometimes when you attain a certain level of success, it, it becomes even more difficult to find yeah, someone. Yeah, at times because you don't, you, don't, you don't know what that person's real intention is. You know, is, are, 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 are they really here because of me? Do they really love me for who I am? Or do they love me because of what they potentially think I have? Or where they potentially see where I'm going? You know, you know so it, it's, it's questions you never had before that you would even think about. But, you know, after you, you establish yourself in life and you start putting foundation and building certain things, it'd be hard not to question these motives. The more you prepare yourself, the more successful you get. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's questions that, that pass through your head, but at the same time, you can't let love pass you by. Um, so if you're happy and the person is happy and you can see a future with that person, hey, why not go for it? Incredible. Thank you so much for uh, your candid and, and honest feedback in regards to that. You are a girl's dad. Definitely. Two beautiful girls. Tell me yes. their names and age, if you don't. Uh, so my first daughter is Liliana. That's her name. That's my man. She, <laughs> she is the one that really helped change and mold me hmm. into the person that I am today. Because, you know, she gave me a reason to, a lot of people will say, like, live. And in a sense, yes, yeah, she really gave me the... A, a, a reason to live and a reason to better my life and want to do more right. so she doesn't have to endure some of the things I endured growing up. So I definitely um, owe a lot to her coming <laughs> into this wall. That's my pumpkin. Nice. And my second daughter name is Kel- Kelani. She's actually three weeks old today. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. So she's going to be my firecracker. I okay. can see okay. it. Liliana is very quiet. Soft spoken, stuff like that. This one is going to be. Interesting. I, I could see the difference already. Is there, is, has there been any, I, I, obviously I can see it on your face as you talk about your daughters and your, your eldest for that matter. But in, in being a girl's dad, as you know, the popular phrase has been now termed for you, has there any been any, any sort of a, a special bond with your girls just because they're girls? Yeah. You know, you always hear guys like I, I want a son and. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be, I would have been happy if I, if I got a boy, but I am so much satisfied with nice. having girls because I just feel like, you know, me as a boy, you, you, you know, it is, you get old and you're like, oh, just stick dad in an old people home or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't be bothered You're with trying to be stuck in yeah, the old people you know home. That. And little girls, <laughs> man, they, I, they take care of their parents. Okay. So I know when I get old and I can't do much, I know I have my two girls that are going to take care of me. I'm not going to be nice. like I'm nursing home or something. Oh, that's cool. That's so, pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, again, congratulations. And we wish you the very best as it pertains to fatherhood. Nice. Your name, every time I speak to a, a young person, I spend a lot of time in different areas and districts just speaking to persons. When it comes to news and media, a persons would like to think that you're stakeholders are only the cabinet of the Virgin Islands. But for me, my stakeholders are anyone from the cabinet of the Virgin Islands all the way down to a friend or foe in, in the crab lot, um, mm-hmm. all residents. When you think of community service, which you've been a huge part of, your name keeps coming up when I speak to young people about who they're looking for to represent them. It's a tough question, but if the opportunity were to ever come, you may want to answer, you may not want to answer. But if, if it were to ever present itself, would you be willing to 
consider serving in the capacity of a political representative? If the timing is right, okay, definitely, I will do it. Okay. Because I take a lot of pride in the community and especially young people and young up-and-coming business leaders and even those that are not business leaders or who just have something going for them, athletes or whatever the case may be. But I feel like there's a lot more we can do for young people. I feel we, we, we get stained with this, the youth of our, the youth is our future, the youth is our future, the youth is our future. But I mean, a lot of times when you really sit back, how much are we really doing for that future? You know, and so for me, I try to do as much as I can okay. in my capacity at Caribbean Cellars for the community and especially for young people to make sure that I use my role to help anyone that's in need that I can personally help or through the business, whatever we can do to help the community. I try to make that an emphasis, especially with the staff, you know, and our community that we're in to make sure we do our part to help out the, the community. Awesome. So, because, you know, Caribbean Cellars is just not all about beverages, you know. We want it to be a lot more than just beverages. We want, when you hear Caribbean Cellars, you're thinking about everything. Or they, they're, they're in the community doing this, they sell this, whatever the case may be. But we want that image for our company so people know, you know, we're not just all about selling and taking from people. We're here to contribute and give back as well. So, I mean, if the timing is right. Well, to the guys on the block, to the guys of the car wash, you got the answer yourself because <laughs> I have been getting the question. Yes. So that's good to know. The Thank you for sharing. Right. Definitely. Community service. You are a Rotarian, a pro Rotarian yes. at that. What level of uh, community service or what level has community service played in, in your role? You, you spoke about your contribution in Caribbean cellars outside of being beverages, but tell us about being a Rotarian and, and that level of community that you're a part of. And yeah, that's the whole reason I, I joined Rotary was for that capacity is to help out as much as I can personally mm -hmm. outside of Caribbean cellars to do what I can, whether it's a, a Saturday or Sunday, if it's painting a fence, um, donating food, wherever the case may be. I use that time to, to just try my best to help out because I didn't grow up with much. Okay. I wasn't poor, but I wasn't rich. And, you know, I always watch how hard my mom worked and how much she did, even helping out people when she herself probably didn't have it all, but she still did it anyways. And that instilled a lot in me growing up, just seeing how much and how hard that my mom worked for me um, to make sure I can do the same for my community, not just my children. Because at the end of the day, my girls are coming up into this world and coming into this country to live in this country. So I have to do my part now wow. to make sure that when they get to of age that I've done enough in my capacity to make sure that they have a, a nice and well-balanced community to live in. So I have to look at all of that. Nice. You spoke earlier about being groomed and, and taking the time out to be groomed at Caribbean Cellars. But let's look at it a little bit more on a holistic approach. In your process of growing and developing as a, as a man, who are some of the persons or the men who were instrumental in your life in helping to groom the man you've become? I mean, you know, first that obviously with my old boss, Dwayne, Dwayne okay. Williams, he, he was key in helping me get to who I am. The, the, the start of the, mm -hmm. the liquor boss was him. He's the one that really 
got my mindset in marketing and doing okay. what I can for the company. Richard Berry, which is my boss right now. This guy, I mean, he's his brain is consistently going. He calls me daily, like, hey, Kev, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you should look at this or, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's just X's and O with him, Malum, okay. Penn. He's a strong advisor and a strong mentor to me growing up as well as and premier. Okay. So these guys have been really, really key in molding me and helping me out. And I'm sure there's a few I'm, I'm missing, but I mean, it's been, it's, it's been so much people that have really taken their time to really just pull me aside and have conversations with me that, you know, some of the people that have had conversations with me shot me mm. personally because I'm like, wow, like, you know who I am in a sense. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, I see what you're doing and, you know, keep doing this and be careful, look out for this. And look out. and I'm like, they're talking to me and I'm like just shocked that, you know, that I'm getting advice for, from these type of people and stuff like do that. You, do you find that the, the present generation of young men don't necessarily care to be groomed? I wouldn't say that. I think it's all about approach. Okay. And... You know, there's a lot of young people that I, I speak with and have conversations with, and I've seen a lot of changes in a lot of them that I've spoken to. If I see them going a path, I see them doing something, I say, hey, man, you know, think about this because I see this is what you can be and this is what you can, because not everyone is, is suited for a dash. Um, and true. whether it's your, you have a car wash or whatever the case may be, take that and use that as a professional, be more, be more professional. Well, professional with it you know what I mean use that leverage don't, don't look at me because I have a suit and a tie I, I, I'm not better than you because hmm. a lot of the smartest people are sitting right there on the block of course you know what I yeah. mean so just use whatever profession you're into and just be more professionalized about it turn it into your own business and stuff like that so I think a lot of it is approach and I would say that in a sense where say for example with, with Christianity right hmm. I, I've grown up and I've had some people like be very like, if you don't go to church, you go to hell. I'm like, well, well, okay, cool. You know, like that approach is not for me. Right. So I'm, I'm not even going in there. So, but if someone comes to me and you know, hey, Kev, you know, I think you should really come to church. Um, not expecting anything. Just come for the check Sunday. Just see what you think. You know, and then you're like, okay, you're more inclined to say, all right, let me go check out and see what it's all about. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is, is approach. And you learn that with, with managing a company. You learn that, you know, everybody has different personalities. You have, you can approach Tom the same way you approach Sally and, you know, doing stuff like that and having to manage a business really helped me fine tune a lot of those skills. And I would just sit and absorb mm-hmm. a lot of people or situation. Like say, I'm interested, in, I'm watching you and I'm like, man, you know, I see so much for Ron and I, I don't like what he's doing. I'll absorb okay. your behavior before I even approach you and talk to you. I'll absorb your behavior. And I said, okay, once I think I have a, a, a good understanding of who you are and your, your mentality and stuff like that, then I will use what I've absorbed to approach you in the way I feel is will be a lot more comfortable for you to have, actually have a conversation with me, which wouldn't even be nothing about that, but eventually it will lead into that type of conversation. It's just making people feel comfortable I get it. and not feel like they're belittled by anyone. And I think that you do very well. Um, I, try. I am I am very proud of you. I'm very co- proud to call you colleague um, you. and friend. And we wish you the very best as you continue to do remarkable work. I am so proud to have been able to close our first season off of The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman with the man himself. Congratulations to you and your team. Continue to do 
amazing, phenomenal work. Thank you. You're most welcome.